Thank you, Joe. That was a beautiful song. I, lo- I love that. I want my way to be pleasing unto you. Um, really lovely lyrics there. Thank you, Joe. So, as I say, we're going to have a look at guidance from a number of different angles today. Um, a bit like what we've done over the last sort of um, four weeks. John Fortnum started with looking at the big picture. Um, I looked at perhaps some practical guidance of how to make some decisions and uh, some sort of ways in which we do that. Um, John, Arthur and Leslie both looked at examples from the Bible and from the New Testament, the Old. So one of the questions that I'm going to just start uh, um, thinking about um, before we move on is, is when do we know when God is guiding my life and when might it just be coincidence? So when I looked it up, the word coincidence is translated from the Greek word um, synkirion, which is a combination of two words, sun and kurios. Um, sun means together with and kurios means supreme in authority. So a biblical definition of coincidence could be what occurs together by God's providential arrangement of circumstances. So what occurs together by God's providential arrangement of circumstances. So what happens to us as random chance may in fact by, be overseen by a sovereign God who knows the number of hairs on every head. We saw this in chapter 12 of Luke. And um, What is the price of five sparrows, two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. Nothing is too small for his attention. And in Isaiah chapter 46, 9 to 11, God states unequivocally that he is in charge of everything. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Um, From the east, I summon a bird of prey from a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, I will bring about. What I have planned, I will do. Just this week, I phoned somebody about a particular request and they said, oh, I'm so pleased you rang. I was just thinking it'd be really good to talk to you today about some advice on something. Um, Coincidence? Or were this actually God bringing about a conversation that was needed that day? I guess where we do need to be careful is where our emotions and motivations may be driving what we think and taking us on a different direction, particularly where perhaps finding love is involved. I know sometimes you can be looking for a sign about something, someone, and you can blow all those things out of proportion. And that would definitely be a time for wise counsel. In Proverbs 16.9, it says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I think what we are looking for is a partnership, an openness to following and listening and asking, and then expecting and knowing that God will direct our feet. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will guide you on the right path. So some just some thoughts there about coincidence and God's guidance for you. And we're going to go on now to hear from one of our first guest speakers. Um, So I'd like to invite um, uh, Sarah and Mark to um, unmute. And they're going to just share a bit about some of the sort of uh, a recent sort of big decision that they're making at the moment and how God's guiding them through it. So um, I think you're going to be spotlighted, hopefully. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to be our spokesperson. Can you hear me okay? Is that all right? Okay. 
so we've been thinking about moving house for about three years now. We don't do anything quickly, um, mainly to downsize. But there was nothing locally that appealed to us. We just didn't have any enthusiasm for anything we, we looked at. So we put it aside. We didn't consider looking at a new area because we thought there was too much to stop us. Jobs, family, church, friends, all sorts of things, etc. Then over the past two years, God has been working. He has changed our circumstances quite significantly and he's changed our hearts. We didn't set out to do this. Um, we started considering an area in Leicestershire, not too far away, but not where we would initially have looked. A lot of what Leslie said last week about circumstances, about our hearts changing, um, we, we could identify with that. All along the process, we felt God's peace. We felt him reminding us over and over to trust him. We actually don't necessarily believe that there's only one area and one house we can move to. We believe God's bigger than that. But we have felt very much that God wants us to be willing to serve him in whatever area or community we do move to. Now, we realise these sort of things can sound a bit vague. It's hard to explain. So I want to just tell you about a specific incident, something God did for us that was really encouraging for us. It's not the sort of thing that normally happens. Last June, when we decided to put our house up for sale, we'd done a lot of sorting and clearing, including our paperwork and documents. And we'd, we'd been quite organised, or so we thought. We needed a particular set of documents and we couldn't find them anywhere. We spent about two hours searching everywhere, even though we knew exactly where they should be. And this was very frustrating. And I told God this <laughs> and I told him how it would be lovely to find this paperwork, even though in the grand scale of world events at the time, back in June, this was nothing. A few minutes later, into my mind came the picture of a box. And it's one I'd filled with sentimental stuff, memo stuff, children's old school work, artwork, photos, etc. And it'd been put away. It'd been put away in the bottom of a wardrobe under other packed boxes, not, not to be got out again. And I had a very clear picture of this wardrobe and the box in it. Definitely not where we had put those documents. However, I dragged it out. I unpacked it. And right at the bottom were the documents we needed. Obviously, I'd accidentally put them there and we would never have looked there. Now, this was a great thing for God to do, a really encouraging thing. But we do know it doesn't necessarily mean all's going to go smoothly. In fact, it isn't going smoothly. <laughs> We've got lots of issues, lots of problems going on. Our buyer has lost their buyer. But we know we must keep twisting. A couple of weeks ago, Ethan Stiles, um, he put, put it in a great way. He said, um, this isn't a one-way street. And that really resonated with us, Ethan, when he said that. Our agent, um, yeah, the, the, a final, final example, really, of um, twisting God. So our estate agent hasn't wanted us to tell the owner of the house that we're hopefully buying about the precarious position we're in. But neither of us, neither Mark or myself, felt comfortable about this. And as time's gone over gone on over the last week or two we haven't felt right and we've both lost our sense of peace and we've had a sense of peace all through this process so actually yesterday we chose to go against that advice and we we made a phone call to the other agent now her reaction was lovely she felt the owner would be totally happy to wait for us um she wants to sell to us and so again we were really pleased that we'd listened to god's prompting we've got our our sense of peace back again 
So although we hope to move to this particular house, we also know that this may not happen. We may end up not moving at all. But as long as we're willing to honour God and to trust him, we know it'll be okay. Brilliant. Thank you very much, um, Marcus. Sarah. That's really, really helpful. Thank you. Just shows, as you say, that um, attitude of being willing to to follow where God is leading, and uh, and yeah, we'll be praying perhaps for for some of those difficulties to get to uh, to go smoothly. So we'll, we'll perhaps have a chance to pray at the end about some things that perhaps have come up today. Um, so secondly, we asked Joe and Ruth Belcher um, to share a bit about a recent decision that they've made and how God's guided them in that. So Joe and Ruth, over to you. Hello. <laughs> Here we are. Um, okay, so our um, story is a little bit about um, the guidance journey we've been on towards starting homeschooling, which I think um, a lot of you might know that we've just started. Um so the context of this, um, so you know, is we're not exactly born and bred um, homeschool enthusiasts. <laughs> um, um, been homeschooled ourselves. And we've known people who have done it, but um, you know, we're not we're not your archetypal um, homeschoolers. We don't think. Um, um, maybe we've known it's been an option to people, but maybe I've, I've probably seen it as a bit of an unusual choice. Um, and probably questioned questioned it but God has been on, with us on this journey um, which has led us into handing over our our school places for Esme and Eloise um, who are seven and four um, handing them back to the school and starting properly um, homeschooling since September this year so some some thoughts from us um, about that um, the first observation I've I would kind of uh, make is that guidance happens at different rates and paces for different people even within our uh, marriage so we've been trying to um, you know this this thing became significant for Ruth before it became significant for me Um, and obviously that's something that brings challenges and tensions and um, it's something to navigate but it's worth worth saying if you're feeling like you're on a similar kind of um, situation it's it can happen that way um for us it was it kind of came out of initially a a growing kind of discomfort with the default position um the default sort of school life and having spent a few years doing it but we knew that you have to go from a kind of discomfort to a deliberate decision point and it you have to sort of either it just remains discomfort or you you change it into a um a decision where you you make a change decision point and we found that that discomfort is a is a way that God does guide us um feeling unsettled you know that that sense of peace or not peace and feeling unsettled um in this case we think was a a big part of how God has led us um nudging and directing our thoughts but then there's also been um kind of particular moments um where we sense God speaking more specifically I don't know do you want to mention about one for you yeah, one um, one quite uh, specific moment for me was when I was. It was actually when we were at the church, and I was in the toilet and and with one of the kids, and then I just noticed something written on the on the wall, something quite horrible on the wall, and I just something um, 
just really speaking to me really about part of our desire for this is about protection for the kids as well and um, I just really felt God speaking to me directly through that and I think sometimes there are specific moments um, where God either through a person or through something you've seen I know I've had friends that have even something that's been written on a bus suddenly um, has really spoken to someone and I think God does use those moments as well to speak yeah so in that case it was some like graffiti on the wall of um of like the toilets in in langley which god kind of really brought to ruth's attention and sort of um and had that experience with her um so another thing is we talk about god um god using our circumstances and obviously a big circumstance we've all been through is lockdown over the last um six months or so and that's been a major a major part of our journey in this but not so much in the in the sense people might expect in terms of um us it giving us a trial run at home schooling although you know you could see it that way but more sig- more significantly for us it's been kind of a case of lockdown has escalated it up our agenda and um brought us to sort of really it came became the kind of the, the defining thing of lockdown was us decision and um realizing we needed to really seek god about it and see um is is this what he's asking us to do is this what we should do and so that's kind of (laughs) that's been the main um the main thing for us through through lockdown and there's been basically a growing desire in us to do it so not just the discomfort from the status quo but uh god's giving us a, a desire um I think that did begin initially in Ruth, um, and I don't think that's kind of um, unim- unimportant. Like it's it's obviously a massive, a massive thing to do. And if you didn't want to do it, if Ruth didn't have any intention or any real deep desire to do it, then it would be a very diff- different story. Um, but God's given us a, a desire to do it, and I remember um, a long time ago I heard someone. Um, teaching about um, delighting yourself in the Lord and him giving the desires of your heart and we touched on it again uh, last week or the week before um, yeah Leslie mentioned it last week God, God giving us the desires for our heart not just giving us what we want but giving us things to want planting those desires in our heart and we've certainly felt that we felt that God has planted that desire in us to do it um and as we've researched and read around it and looked into it, that desire has grown. Um, so we've we've felt encouraged by God in that. And I felt a tr- um, a challenge from God to to trust Him and His leading, um, and and to actually trust that He's been leading us, not just from the moment actively decided to start seeking Him about it in a sort of deliberate way, but to trust. Actually, looking back, we can we can see that God has been leading us um, from a long time, like from over a decade ago when Ruth used to nanny for a family who who were homeschooling and so she's had that experience of it. Um, and different things that, you know, we have to believe that God leads our lives even before we ask him. You know, he forgives us before we ask his forgiveness kind of thing. Like he knows, he knows the end from the beginning. Um and he's he's part of our lives even when we're not um actively aware of it in that in that way um so the, the other thing that people talk about is you know 
guidance from from the boat from the Bible from Scripture and um and obviously there's, there's nothing much in the Bible specifically about homeschooling um but we do we do find that you know that our motivations for it are supported um you know the importance the priority we want to give to um to putting our energy into the children and prioritizing um nurturing them and bringing them up and doing it in this way is, is kind of a, a motivation that's um you know that we think is a biblical one um and we've asked other people for their thoughts on it you know it's all through lockdown we were sharing with people um who we sort of trust and who we know um who know us and know god um asking them things like you know could they imagine us doing it what are their thoughts about it um, the other circumstances thing is that we've there are people in our life um, who have taken up this journey already, which has um, been helpful for us to have that sense of being on, it being a shared journey with some other people as well. Um, and I guess practically, it, it kind of we felt it we felt time ticking down to a kind of decision point. You know, we need we know we needed to come to a decision. Often you've got that kind of when you're trying to seek guidance, you, there is a kind of decision moment where you know like okay come the end of july we know we needed to to have made a decision and sort of tell school because we didn't want to go back to school after lockdown and then come away like it seemed like a good if we're going to do it it was going to be now um and there's that thing when you've got big decisions the decision can start to feel bigger and bigger and bigger but we did feel god um giving us a healthy perspective on it as well um that you know we we should just we could step out we could have faith for the next step um not necessarily knowing the whole story of where it would end up um and everything but um not being paralyzed but having the faith to step out and trust um so it's basically a continuing journey and it's not um something where we've made that decision and now happy days um god's guidance on it has ended we need his guidance on it more than ever um we're aware that we've just made the first step um i think um what sarah's just saying about the peace thing i think that's a a big thing as well i always remember growing up um mum always um sort of saying to us as kids you know you don't always necessarily hear a big voice from god or you know some people do some people you know but actually quite often god uses peace as a way um of guiding you and and when you're not in his will, um, you won't have peace. Um, and I think that, for me personally, and I know for, for us, the family, like I think that a lot of the times that's how God um, does guide us through his peace. And you do sense it when um, when you lose that peace, that actually God's, that you're not um, necessarily following God's will. And that when you're in, so for us, I think in this decision, actually having God's peace has been a huge... Um, a, f- a huge way God's guided us and uh, for me personally from when I was little with my best mate we used to often put fleeces out um like the Gideon fleece I know me and my friend when we were 16 we wanted to go to Uganda we put this <laughs> this um fleece out to God and it, any, any things I've done that when we bought this house uh I'll put a fleece out and they can be really little things but actually um I remember when we came to to, to get this house well we went to 
the last time we came to, to visit it and I said, oh God, you know, if you really, I wasn't sure about it. I was like, God, if you really want us to have it, I just pray that we will see a neighbour. I pray that a neighbour will come and talk to us. So we viewed the house, we didn't see anywhere and we went, we got back in the car and literally just as we were out to drive off, the neighbour came out and the neighbour came into the door and we had this massive conversation. And it, you, again, like you can think, oh, that's just coincidence and all. But actually sometimes I think, God, you know, it's okay to put fleas out and... Um, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you, Joe Bruce. That has been really helpful. Um, and uh, again, we'll pray for you in your homeschooling journey as it continues. But um, really helpful to hear the process of how you worked it through over a period of time and, and sort of praying about it and talking to others and, you know, sort of hearing from God. So thank you for that. That's brilliant. Thank you. And then the third person we're going to hear from is Mary. Now, I know Mary's been having trouble with her internet. So I really hope. We're not going to lose you, Mary, um, in the midst of this. So, um, yeah, so if, if John, are you there? If, if Mary does drop, um, if John, if you can be ready to to kind of take over with your kind of last bit, just in case. But hopefully Mary is here. Mary, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Brilliant. <laughs> OK. I've actually called this Life Around the Teacups because my experience at the moment is obviously not for a particularly big decision. So when Denise asked me to do this, I tried to kind of sort out um, some examples, really. But I think her first suggestion is that you listen to Leslie's sermon again from last week, because there are so many practical ideas in that about guidance. But I just wanted to talk about the things that I do and where I think God um, has helped me. Firstly, I have an established what I call a basic routine of being with God at the start of every day. And if for some reason I don't manage this, I, I do actually feel quite lost. Um, my first thing is a cup of tea and then I turn to my iPad to an app about meditation, which um, directs me to focus on God. And it always includes a short passage from one of the Gospels. Amazingly, I find that this passage stays with me through the day. I often pick up on a short phrase from it and I ask God to show me what this means for me at this moment. Most days I'm blessed to have space after breakfast to sit and follow a set of Bible readings. Um, I use a set called New Daylight. At the moment I've been reading through extracts from Deuteronomy and often find an unexpected challenge. For example, this week I read about harvest and about bringing to God the first fruits of the crops. Obviously, nowadays, we don't have harvest in the same way. But I do think that God had something to remind me of. It brought back memories from my childhood and my father always insisting on taking some of our garden produce to our harvest festival. And it always had to be the very best of the crop. The reading reminded me that we should give our offerings of money, time, talents and abilities, first of all to God. First of all to enable ministry and then to reach the needy. It was a timely prompt. I then usually spend some time in prayer and worship and maybe use a recorded song. And often during this time I'm prompted over things to do in the day. I do keep a notebook and pen beside me. And I just write down things that come to mind as God prompts us through the nitty gritty. It may be just a reminder to contact somebody in many different ways, including over teacups or even just to finish a job. 
COVID has made me much more a person of lists. We do need the advice of good spiritual companions, and only a few weeks ago I was expressing a longing to update my kitchen to a friend. It was a general conversation of possibilities, but she understood my reasoning for looking at it. The very next morning I started on a new set of readings, and the headline of the first one was called Getting the Builders In. It went on to to refer to Josiah repairing the temple, and in the upheaval that followed, they discovered the book of the law. Sometimes upheaval and change will bring about a new discovery of what God wants. Strangely that morning, or perhaps not strangely, John Arthur referred to that passage in his sermon. I do tend to take notice of these coincidences, and know especially that we're living through changing times. Early in lockdown, I wondered what to do, since meeting up with others was completely out. I realised that I was the only one in our little community in Burtswell Close to be so alone. Sorry, that should have been, I wasn't the only one. <laughs> I asked God how I could manage these times. I had lots of jobs I could do with hobbies and interests, but it was the lack of human contact that spurred me on to find the way I needed to feel alive. There are 12 homes at the end of the close. Three of us were widowed in 2019, and there are a couple of others too. I decided it would be good to take Kate round to those who are on their own. It was Have we lost Mary? I know her connection's been a bit dodgy. Um, I'm hoping she'll come back because I'd like to hear the end of the story. <laughs> so um, she she may have to come back in again, I'm afraid. She's, she's had a couple of times this morning where she's had to go out and come back in. Um, John, are you, will you be all right? Just as Yeah, I mean, I guess, um, so I've got a couple of roles um, to cover. Firstly, um, to reflect and, and draw out some common themes. And perhaps, so let me start doing that and maybe, hopefully Mary will be able to reconnect. And then I'll go on to, uh, I don't know what Bernice thought of me when she uh, had this question. What happens if we disobey God? <laughs> answers in the chat. Um, no, no, no answers. Thank you. Um, but I guess, isn't it interesting how um, some of the common themes are about, um, uh, there's not necessarily one way. No one house, uh, one way uh, to nurture our children, uh, and, it, and and we we lead, we look for, and God does guide us. Not in the not only in the big questions, like I suppose moving house um, and um, uh, and things like that, but also as Mary was um, sharing, uh, you know, in the day to day, you know, and uh, God um, changes our hearts, uh, changes our circumstances circumstances um, in both of those layers and I wonder if, if, if perhaps you know um, when we think about our lives it's a wrong distinction to think of big decisions and little decisions you know if God's uh, uh, desire for all of us each of us is to become more like Christ then that's a whole of life kind of thing isn't it there's no part of our lives isn't touched by God is um, even there when we deliberately disobey God, and we'll come on to that in a minute. But uh, it, those, are, I think, is interesting that those are some of the common themes. And also about the importance of acting with integrity, you know, um, uh, when we just don't have that sense that it's, you know, we talk about that sense of peace, don't we? We don't, and we know when we're in it and when we're not. Um, and, you know, uh, God uses that uh, to, um, 
to kind of confirm that, that, that you know, what we're thinking about is from him, you know, uh, or, or the, the, the desires of our heart. You know, it's interesting, uh, Leslie said, didn't she, last week, that sometimes if we think God's calling us to do something, it's going to hurt. You know, it's going to be painful. Uh, and yet uh, that lady spoke to her about how God would use her desire to do youth ministry and, and you know, build um, a career from that as opposed to being in the bank. So, you know, it, it, I think this whole question of guidance, you know, there's some really cool uh, trust. I mean, that is the word that has come through every time. Uh, you know, there are some really, really lovely themes um, and I think some, some really profound teaching uh, that, that we can reflect upon when we think about how we live our lives, how we make the little choices um, to be more like Jesus, how we uh, want to be more like Jesus in our big choices uh, as well. And I, as, I, as I say, I wonder whether the, the differentiation isn't um, as, as significant as we think. All, you know, it, God's interested in, he's interested in what we do, but he's perhaps more interested in how we do it. Uh, Mary's back. Yes, I think she's back. So, and then we'll go to Mary. Hopefully we'll be able to finish off and then John to finish at the end. Thank you. Mary, you got to the 12 houses and you you got to delivering cake. Right, okay. So I I think, I don't know whether you got the bit about um, the one who is a widower and I found a bit unapproachable and I was wondering whether I should include him. But God did really remind me as I was praying that I had promised to do the whole job and I shouldn't miss him out. And the next time I went, I was reminded overwhelmed really that for the first time in the 20 years almost that we'd lived there I got a smile from him Mm. and since then I've really begun to find out more about him in the same way um, the same little group that I visit um, I was I've been praying that I would have opportunities to share a faith story with them and one week I got to the last house and I was reminded to pray as I went up the drive that God would do something The door opened and Eileen, who's still struggling in grief, reminded me as we chatted that a year before, one Sunday morning, I had gone over to find out how her husband was and I'd offered to pray with her. And her comment on this year was how much she'd enjoyed that and would I go and do it again? Mm -hmm. I really felt that the Holy Spirit was prompting those conversations. I don't find that I... God speaks to me in dreams, but I do often wake up with a name in my mind. And I know other people do that too, because I've been on the receiving end of somebody saying, I thought I should contact you. But during the day, often a random piece of scripture comes into mind. And I, I sometimes wonder why God um, does that. This week, he, into my mind during the day, for no reason, I was reminded of the verse where it said that, God prunes the fruitful branches that they will produce more fruits. I've still not worked that out, but I am waiting to see what God does with that. And then there are more teacups. <laughs> At the beginning of lockdown, we obviously couldn't hold tea for you. So I thought it would be a good idea if we instead took tea for you to all our members. And I contacted Rosie to find that she was thinking exactly along the same lines. And so since then, around 30 people once a month enjoy scones and cakes and a visit from one of us. For me, it's a way of God moving 
when I when I retired from teaching, I was going to work, I thought, in adult literacy or using the skills I'd got from 30-odd years of teaching, but it never quite worked out. Instead, God developed skills in me um, from Acox Green Baptist Church of setting up a coffee shop um, and gaining in conversation and in baking. And sometimes God's guidance doesn't seem apparent, but the circumstances we're in give us opportunity where God can use us. I know that many of you don't have the time to sit with God as I do, but, but I find that short requests, questions and thanks to God keep me in touch with him during the day. I think by reviewing each day at the end and asking where God has been present and being thankful for all that he gives helps us to understand where God is leading us. And if we can pop back to the picture, <laughs> the, the photo of the teacups, a week ago, Michelle and I were catching up with each other over teacups and cake in Costa. As we emptied our teapots and we'd eaten our cake, we were both in the mind of a second pot of tea. And then I noticed one of the assistants was walking towards us with a tray, his tray and cake. I was completely bemused as she put it down beside us. And she explained that the gentleman nearby had ordered and paid for this tray of goodies. We didn't know why, other than Michelle had chatted to him in the queue. But to me, it's the reminder of God's goodness to us. And we should be prepared for the unexpected way in which he works and speaks to us through the day. Thanks, Mary. That's super, isn't it? And um, yeah, we just don't know. I've just finished. A, I've just read a book um, uh, by one of my favourite authors um, uh, called "Everything Is Spiritual." You know, and uh, those on the BLT will be rolling their eyes at this point because <laughs> it, it, it strikes me that everything is spiritual. You know, everything. You know, the the, the world is the Lord's, and everything in it. Uh, you know, and um, we just don't know, do we? Uh, how little things, little conversations. Um, are you know being used by God to redeem all things to Himself, you know, to bring His kingdom to play, and yet we know, don't we, that we disobey God, um, and so I've got this you know question: What happens if we disobey God? I think it's a fascinating question. Um, two reasons. Firstly, I think it points us to the very heart of how we perceive God, um, and to His His heart, as it were. Um, and secondly, I think it points us to another uh, uh, even better question. Uh, if I can put it that way. Firstly, how we perceive God. Jonah is our go-to, isn't he, when we think of disobedience. God told him to go to Nineveh. Uh, and of course, that was like asking a, a Jew to go and uh, go to Nazi Germany. It was just outrageous. Uh, God uh, told him to do it. He didn't. He went in the opposite direction, in fact. And en route, well, you know the story, big storm swallowed by a fish, three days to think about it, spat out. And when God asks it a second time, unsurprisingly, Jonah says yes. So it's a great story, lots of nuance and lots of um, topsy-turvy. But what we don't have is a final chapter when, you know, an aged uh, uh, Jonah is sat in his rocking chair reflecting on life, and God reveals to Jonah how his life would have been different had he obeyed God first time around. We don't get that at all. And and it it reminded me of, was it the quiz show Bullseye, when the the final contestant... um, if, if they'd been unsuccessful, um, the quiz master would nevertheless show them what they would have won had they got the question right. 
particularly mean, it seemed to me. But we, and we don't have that. We don't have that sense in which God takes um, in the Bible characters and say, now look what would have happened had you done as I told you. And I think that's deliberate. Because, you know, of course, what we do have in the Bible are stories and accounts of uh, reinstatement uh, and, and much more than reinstatement. So take, for example, Peter's denial of Christ. It was deliberate in the moment, no doubt devastating in the recollection. Uh, and yet it met with the Lord's threefold and complete restoration uh, when Jesus appeared post-resurrection to Peter. And the astonishing statement that it was on Peter uh, who had deliberately disobeyed that the um, or, or had deliberately lied, you know, kind of disowned Jesus, uh, that the church would be built. This is God's heart. And I think as just echoing something Sarah said, uh, we, we know, don't we, that there are consequences of disobeying God. A casual search of the internet reveals all manner of horrors. Deuteronomy 28 is sometimes quoted, and a catalogue of disaster. But for me, it's that feeling of disconnection. Disconnection from God, disconnection from those who have, who have been affected, and of course, disconnection from that peace within ourselves. We know that we're not disconnected. Romans 8 makes it clear nothing can separate us from the love of God. But, but that's how we feel. Um, and uh, that, that lack of peace is, I think, a, a way in which God uses uh, to, to steer us through the here and now. Uh, and I wonder just whether, it, in fact, you know, if we reject God's guidance, does that mean that we're relegated from plan A to plan B? Or perhaps more realistically for me, at least, plan Z999 to plan Z1000. If we choose Joe instead of jazz or football instead of French, are there eternal consequences to that? And even if we chose dishonesty as opposed to being decent, does, does that mean there's no way back? Seems to me, like Sarah and Mark said, that the Bible teaches us that God is bigger than our mistakes and bigger than our disobedience even. His plans are for us to be more like Jesus. And when we mess up, whether by design or default, then we know his forgiveness knows no limits. And so... I think, you know, uh, this is why we don't get those um, those accounts, you know, that kind of the alternate universe that would have happened had we done something different. The Bible isn't like that. And I believe that's deliberate. Um, uh, guidance, which is what we're talking about, is about in the here and now. And I think that's the second question that the first points us to. Uh, and that's why do we disobey God? Do we think that it might hurt, <laughs> like, like Leslie said? Um, or, or do we think we know best? What is it that causes us not to follow uh, God's leading, God's guidance? Uh, is it because we don't, I don't, you know, the way we think of God? Is it that, um, you know, we just, you know, you know, the image of the potter and the clay. Um, the clay, you know, does the clay get up and think, no, I don't want to be a pot. I want to be something else. And, and yet we know that when we, we um, and the Bible teaches us that when we trust God, that word again when we when we say yeah we want to be of service when we act with integrity when we um when we we we, we allow god to kind of um, give us uh, plantinous desires uh to um to certain things and when we talk to other um believers then we know uh, that god leads us and, and leads us and guides us for the best so so i think when we, if we feel like we want to disobey God, then I, I think you know, that's learning. 
you know, I think uh, God is taking us on in our journey. He's not taking us back. He's taking us on. And he uses those instances and those situations to remind us of who he is, that his forgiveness and his love knows no limits. Uh, you know, Jonah had three days to reflect on 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 that. Um, and, and I think we have that opportunity when we are thinking of disobeying God, as it were. And then then let us um, let us just pause and as Mary does, let's remind ourselves from the Bible and from songs, from our experience, from friends in the same place. Remind us of who God is and his heart for us. And if we have disobeyed God, then I think the call is to repent and reconnect, to feel the reconnection. As the prodigal son, the story of that prodigal son reminds us, you know, the prodigal, uh, he's always always the son. His his status never changes. But when he turns and and turns back to the father, then he feels feels the love of the father, and so do we. And, And I think that my last sort of thought on this, you know, there's these two big questions. Does it really matter? Um, um, and um, if, if we're inclined to disobey God, what does that point us to? And how can God use that to draw him kind of closer to us and strengthen our relationship? You know, guidance is about living in the now. And I just don't think it's helpful to look back and think, God, oh, if only I'd done this and not that. If I'd have done French, not football, would I have something changed? Firstly, it's futile. It's all in the past. And it's just not worth, uh, it's not worth dwelling on. Uh, you know, we want to have our ears and eyes open, the eyes of our heart open to to what God is guiding us to now. And isn't that exciting? So I think, you know, that was, um, I think there are questions, aren't there? And there'll be questions um, uh, that uh, the, the pe- everyone's kind of um, stories uh, will lead us to. And maybe uh, in the breakout rooms a bit later, then that will be an opportunity to, to reflect on some of the things that we've looked at over this kind of small sermon series, um, to reflect on some of the things where perhaps we would we would ask God to guide us. Uh, um, and maybe we've got questions as well. So that's for later. Benice, you're going to lead us in some prayers. Yes, let's just pray. So, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to just reflect on people's stories and how you've been guiding them in their lives. Thank you for the vulnerability and the the braveness of these people to speak out. So we pray particularly for Mark and Sarah and for their house move. Pray for um, just these difficulties to be resolved. And, um, you know, if it is in your uh, will that 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 house will come free. And uh, just thank you for the trust they have in you for this. And, uh, yeah, just that they know that they are loved by us and they will be very much missed. We pray for Joe and Ruth and thank you for your spirit guiding them into this um, uh, sort of new season of homeschooling. We pray for Eloise, Esme and Malachi um, and we pray that you would help them on the journey as they continue to learn and grow and develop in this. Thank you for this call for them and pray that you would use it mightily in those children's lives. And uh, yeah, we pray for Mary. We pray and thank you for this daily routine that she has with you um, that just gives her the opportunity to think of people or things that you are directing her to, to those divine appointments. We thank you for uh, particularly that widower who um, just that cake brought a smile to his face and the difference that that made. And uh, yeah, I pray that you continue to use Mary um, in her street, in her close with the, the people that you connect her with. Thank you for her faith in you. Pray that, uh, yeah, you would just really bless her for it. 
And yeah, we just pray for all those of, of us who, um, whether big or small, as John has said, we are seeking your will. We're seeking your guidance at the moment for particular things in our lives. We pray and thank you for that reminder of Leslie last week to to move, to ask, to act um, and to consider to as we move and work and live in our lives, that we involve you and include you in those um, decisions and, and places that we live and work and breathe. And we pray that you would help us and that we would know that you are guiding us and we would hear your voice within that. And I just pray those words of the beginning of the Lord's Prayer for all of us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And we pray for your will be to be done in our lives, in our church um, and in your your, um, community here in Alton and beyond. So we ask all these things in your name. Amen.